This is your KVNF Regional Newscast for Friday, February 9th. I'm Lisa Young. The U.S. Supreme Court is in the midst of hearing the 14th Amendment case against former President Donald Trump. One of the key individuals standing against the former president is a person with deep roots in the state's Republican Party. KUNC's Lucas Brady Woods has more on the woman behind Trump versus Anderson. 91-year-old Norma Anderson served as a state lawmaker for nearly two decades and rose to become the first female Republican leader in the Colorado legislature's history. She describes herself as a lifelong Republican and says she's afraid for the future of the GOP if Trump prevails. Anderson believes Trump incited an insurrection on January 6, 2021, so he should be disqualified from the presidency under the Constitution. Anderson joined several other Republican and unaffiliated voters last year in a suit that seeks to keep Trump off the Colorado ballot. The state court's ruling in her favor remains on hold until the U.S. Supreme Court makes a decision. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. Montrose City Councilors voted unanimously to allow staff to apply for a Community Development Block Grant on behalf of the Volunteers of America. The grant will support construction of an additional senior housing in Montrose. If obtained, the grant would be used to purchase rendezvous apartments, formerly Pavilion Gardens. The property is being redeveloped to provide low- to middle-income senior housing in Montrose. The total funding required for the rehabilitation and development of the apartments is estimated to be $22.7 million. The Montrose County Housing Authority plans to request the block grant in the amount of $2.8 million to purchase the apartments. Additional funding commitments from other sources include state tax credits and private activity bonds that will be used to cover the remaining portion of the cost. No matching funds are required for the block grant. The National Forest Ure Ranger District, in partnership with the Colorado Division of Reclamation, Mining and Safety, is seeking public comments for the Ure Mixed Abandoned Mine Lands Physical Safety Closures Project. The project proposes to close 11 inactive mine openings along Camp Bird Road, Portland Road, Dexter Creek Road, Cow Creek Road, and South Pinecrest Drive in Ure. The sites are all within a six-mile radius of Ure. The project is currently planned for summer 2024. Closure methods for the project may include backfill, metal grate, cable net, bulkhead, polyurethane foam, and corrugated steel pipe installations. The closures will eliminate safety hazards to the public while preserving natural and cultural resources. Bat-friendly ladders, slot gates, or exclusionary methods will be used at all sites considered to have the potential for bat-roosting habitat. Comments may be emailed to lindsaybinder at usda.gov. For KVNF News, I'm Brody Wilson. On today's Farm Friday, we hear from a regional report on alfalfa, which is dried into hay and fed to beef and dairy cattle. The crop requires a lot more water than most crops. Now researchers are working on new technologies to reduce the amount farmers use. Still, some say allowing them to grow such a thirsty crop in the arid west is the problem. It's a chilly overcast day in Reno, and Alejandro Andrade Rodriguez is walking across a tiny field surrounded by city streets and single-family homes. This is a test field run by the University of Nevada, Reno. The agriculture professor walks by an irrigation pivot and points at the low-hanging sprinklers dangling above green alfalfa. They're equipped with sensors he developed. With those sensors, we monitor how much, how much water is being consumed by the crop. 
and we also determine how much water we need to provide to the soil. He says traditional irrigation pivots spray every part of a field with the same amount of water, but farmland can have different soil types and elevations. You may have in a certain part of the field one soil that, that retains more water for a longer time. The sensors and accompanying software allow farmers to see in real time when to alter the amount of water they're spraying. It's called precision irrigation management. This alfalfa isn't getting watered today. That'll happen come spring. If we have right now the irrigation system running, like pipes might freeze and, and it, it will be no good whatsoever. <laughs> Andrade Rodriguez is leading the university's role in a three-year project receiving nearly $750,000 from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The federal agency's research center in Texas is testing the technology on cotton, and the University of California, Davis, is using it on corn. It's trying to reduce the amount of water that is used right now while still helping to produce that food in an inexpensive way, in an affordable way. Conservationists argue many farming areas use water faster than it can be replenished by winter storms. Take northern Nevada's Walker River Basin. It's blanketed with alfalfa fields, and water supplies have been drying up for decades. Peter Stanton is the director of the Walker Basin Conservancy. I'm very skeptical of proposed solutions that don't involve permanent changes in the amount of water we're using to grow grass in the desert. And the amount available fluctuates due to climate change, he adds. We have seen just dramatic changes in how wet the wet years are and how dry the dry years are. Another issue, close to 20% of alfalfa produced in the West was shipped overseas in 2022. That's according to an industry analysis of federal data. We're literally then exporting water. Ann Schechinger is an agricultural economist for the nonpartisan Environmental Working Group. It's true that, you know, this water is being used to grow alfalfa so that people can have hamburgers. But there's so much more water going to alfalfa in the West than people drink and use in their house. At what cost are we willing to have burgers every day? Agriculture leaders say many Western farms would struggle to stay in business if they stopped growing alfalfa. That's the case in Nevada, says J.J. Goykachia, the state's agriculture director. Well, there's a lot of soil in Nevada that won't grow anything else. Some of these areas you can't grow produce. you got a really narrow window as far as the growing season goes. Federal data shows there are more than 790,000 acres of irrigated farmland in Nevada. Nearly half of it is planted with alfalfa, the state's top cash crop. In 2022, production of it raked in $385 million for farmers. Some of these rural counties, they would not be economically whole if it was not for hay and predominantly alfalfa production. Back at the test field in Reno, Andrade Rodriguez says farmers irrigating alfalfa and other water-intensive crops play a crucial role in the global food system, and cutting back irrigation drastically would have big consequences. We will have to find a way to, let's say, import that food or produce that food using much less water. And we don't have that right now. His sensors and software aim to change that. He hopes to make the technology free for farmers to use, and the research team would hold workshops to teach them how. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Caleb Radel. That's your KVNF Regional Newscast for today. I'm Lisa Young. KVNF is always looking for interesting farm and ranching news. 
You can send your story ideas to news at kvnf.org. Have a safe and enjoyable weekend.